Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Weather is beautiful outside. I was uh, just down there getting lunch. It is great, and I hope this weather stays up for tomorrow when uh, the Parade of Champions takes place in Honolulu, which uh, also is not just about the... uh, uh, It's not just about the Little League champions, but the 2018 champs, softball champs, the the Babe Ruth champs. There's going to be a lot of champions that will be uh, parading around downtown Honolulu, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, if the weather can cooperate just like today... Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have great uh, a great parade tomorrow. If you can get out on your lunch break and uh, get outside and say hello to uh, to all the champs, uh, we're gonna be there. I, I say we, our team, <laughs> will will be there. I'm gonna be stuck inside the studio, so I I won't. But in spirit, we'll we'll be there. Make sure you say hello. Uh, welcome in. It is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Um, notice I'm trying to I'm trying to start things off on a on a really positive note. I think it'd be uh, yeah. We, we we try to be positive when we can. I know, especially if you're a University of Hawaii football fan. Um, it can be kind of hard. You know, I was talking to earlier today. Um, I was on my way back to the office. Uh, one of the, uh, the 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 shuttle drivers from the uh, the car dealership, which I had to drop off my vehicle to today at about 8-something in the morning. He was listening to the sports animals. I told him, hey, thanks for listening to our station. And he said, that's your station? Really? I'm like, yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about University of Hawaii football while we were in the car on the way back to the office. And, um, you know, we were talking about trying to keep things positive, trying to keep things in perspective, trying to, to uh, you know, look at the situation as, as best as you can. I won't lie. I, I, I got back here to the office, was in a staff meeting not long after that, and then I saw Steven Sy's tweet earlier today, and I said, oh, no. Hard to keep it uh in, in, in that relative level, when Steven Sy's tweet, for I'm not going to ignore what it said, Joey Yellen starting at quarterback, that's part of it. The second part of it is Braden Shager's hurt. He has an undisclosed injury, but he is cleared to play. And then uh, Cameron Cooper is not making the trip. And uh, there's no apparent reason why he's not making the trip. And the backup quarterbacks, uh, Jake Farrell and um, uh, and, and also Armani Eden. So it it's like, well, you're 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 looking for something that is going to. You, you want to stay positive, then that's that's a bummer with Shager. I don't know how he got hurt. Again, they're calling it an, an undisclosed injury, um, but they say he is cleared to play. But Joey Yellen will get the task uh, against Michigan coming up 
on Saturday at, at least the start. And, and this, what it what it does here is this puts Saturday, I think, in in uh, in in great perspective, right? We've spent a lot of time talking about this particular game, um, in the in in you know just the point spread because it's one of the largest point spreads you'll find. You know, there's there's a lot of that conversation going on. Uh, with Duquesne next week, this is one of those games where you want to be as healthy as you can going into homecoming against Duquesne, knowing that that game may very well be going for your first win of the season against Duquesne. And it's hard to find perspective, but it's hard to find um, priorities when you're 0-2 and you've been blown out twice and most people believe you're going to be blown out on Saturday. It's hard to find those priorities, but that's kind of exactly where we're sitting here. The priority against Michigan, like for me, and I and and um, and, and Tanner Hayward's here in studio, and I'll 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 let you speak on this just because I don't want to take your your thought, but I agree with it. Um, when you hear that Braden Shager has an undisclosed injury, but is cleared to play, um, my initial thought is, unless the game is close in the second half. If it's a two-score game at any point in time in the second half, unless it is at that point, and I'm, I'm saying it, I, I know you're, you're laughing at it, but I'm saying it because you have to think of all scenarios, the what-ifs. Unless you're in that situation, I don't put Braden Shager near a field. Um, I hide his jersey. I hide his helmet. I hide, well, everything except... Uh, I don't know, an iPad to watch the game. I don't know. I hide everything necessary to go into a game because unless it is close and you and you need, uh, you may be in need of a quarterback who has starting experience, I don't let him touch the field. And I, and I know that's something you were kind of pointing out a, a, a moment ago. Um, I think you used the term rest. I think I'm a little more extreme than that, but, uh, but I, I know you're kind of in that same boat. Yeah, and from what I thought because I think John talked about it during the game on Saturday but after that 17 yard run didn't Shager come up a little sore or something like that I remember that being a small thing that just kind of got pushed away because he stayed in the game after that but maybe it has something to do with that hit he took on that 17 yard run you might be right it's an it's an assumption you might be right that's what I assume Mm -hmm. um but I think that this is not a bad thing I think you want to see more out of Yellen, which is unfortunate. I mean, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because we've only seen him for a quarter at a time every single game. Mm-hmm. Because at least for the Vanderbilt and the Western Kentucky for the Western Kentucky game, I think that was good to bench him because even though yeah. Braden Shager did throw a pick six immediately on the next drive after. He then made up for it and had right. a touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. Joey Yellen hasn't really had the opportunity to lead the offense to a touchdown yet. Like, it doesn't even have to be a passing touchdown. It could be a rushing touchdown and all that. Something that Cameron Cooper even contributed That's to on right. that drive. So, Joey Yellen, of the three quarterbacks, is the one I was going to who's yet to see his team cross that end zone and have it actually count. So, I think when you put him out there for Michigan, 
this is a atmosphere that he is the most familiar with after playing with Arizona State and Pitt and having the opportunities to play against teams like Notre Dame, like uh, like USC, like a Miami. So this is something that he knows more than Braden. So this is probably the one thing that he has, but it's gonna be it's gonna be seeing okay, what can you do for this whole game mm-hmm. until you look too bad and we have to put Jake uh we have to put uh Farrell in. There's a there's a plus and minus to that. Um the the minus is I I would like to see more Cam and Cooper, and we're not gonna get that opportunity this weekend. Uh, because Cam and Cooper's not going to make the trip. Uh, I remember watching that. Uh, I, I remember watching that drive in which he came in, and that play he came in would ultimately lead to a touchdown. And uh, you know, the immediate thought was, okay, this looks like it's it's not um, a, a long term thing. Like I'm not watching a long term plan with Cooper in the game at quarterback. I'm looking at basically a package. And in order to utilize said package, if if it is, and, and again, it's it's somewhat of an assumption, that you need to be in the position to be able to operate the package. Um, and if his if his situation is you know twenty yard line and in red zone, uh, shortened field. If that's the situation and Hawaii isn't always, um, you know, knocking on the door in that situation, then you're not getting really an opportunity to see him. The minus is I'd love to see more of him. You know, we can take what we get out of camp and and practice and, um, you know, kind of of judge what you get out of that. But I want to see him in more than just that situation. Like, I'd like to see him run whatever this offense is and see where his success level is in game play. Because against Michigan, frankly, uh, unless it's a two-score game in the second half, what do you have to lose? You don't. Um, you know, why not You know, put that test out in, um, in, in, in a game scenario? So you know, the, the minus is, okay, that's not what we're going to get to see, is Cam and Cooper potentially doing more than just operating a package. So uh, that's my minus. The plus is, and I, I, don't, I don't remember who said it to me earlier today, maybe that means we see Jake Farrell. Oh, I know who it was. Uh, we were coming up the elevator earlier today, and uh, someone asked me about the points, and then I came back with uh, over under how many quarterbacks are going to play. And this is before we got the news and Shager being heard and, and, and Cooper uh, not making the trip, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jake Farrell get an opportunity. Um, Armani Eden probably would, would be someone who's a little, uh, you know, who's farther down in the depth chart, but I wouldn't mind seeing him at this point, two games in. And this news tells me you're no close. The, the only way you might be closer to a starting quarterback is just by proxy of injury that you're truly not close to to finding that individual. That if this game is as what a lot of people think it will be, then you know, I don't I don't I don't see the harm in you know let's say you see Yellen for a half 
And if it's not close, then you've got Farrell in the third and maybe the other in the fourth. While you're going to walk out of here with a lot of money, what you also need to find out, regardless of score, is you need to walk out of there knowing something. Walking out there with, or walking out of the big house with more information and more knowledge about your own team than what you walked in with. That's not easy. I recognize that. That is not an easy ask against a team like Michigan that is expected to put up um, a, a, a lot of points. But that is your challenge. That is what Timmy Chang and his coaching staff will obviously have to do is figure out a way to learn more about their football team in what could potentially be an ugly loss than what you knew going in. And if you can do that, regardless of the score, if you can do that, you walk out of there a little bit better than what you walked in with. Brandon texts in VR Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. Oh, Brandon. Oh, Brandon. I want to know what Brandon had for lunch. I want to know what Brandon's been drinking today. I want to know what Brandon has been eating for the last week. Because Brandon texts in on the Zephyr Insurance text line and he says, Hey, Josh, why are you going to pull upset on Michigan? Sir, I'm, I'm not joking, Brandon. What did you have for lunch? What have you been sipping on today? I want what he's having. I, I want what he's having, too. Honestly, what it, what it sounds like to me, if I, had to, if I had to take Brandon's text and assume what he ate for lunch today, I'm imagining he had a really, really bomb chicken katsu plate with fried rice. Not, not white rice, fried rice. And then... Brandon said, you know what? To H-E double hockey sticks with a salad, let's go double scoop Mac. And then he finished it off. uh, He he finished it off with a fruit punch, and that probably wasn't going to go well with the chicken katsu, and that probably soured the whole thing. But that sounds like Brandon's lunch today when he says, hey, Josh, Hawaii going to pull upset on Michigan. Eat that every day. Keep up, keep up those good vibes, Brandon, even though you're going to get crushed on Saturday for feeling it most likely. Yes, Tanner? I'll say this. Is an upset over Michigan a win? Or yeah. is an upset over Michigan having Hawaii not oh, having Hawaii win against the spread? Because <laughs> um, at this point, man, if Hawaii doesn't lose by 51, I'll take that as a huge upset because Michigan just beat Colorado State by what, forty eight? Mm-hmm, if I do mm-hmm. my math correctly in my head very quickly, so a Colorado State team who I'm sure is better than this Hawaii team because they've had a lot of really great progression in their program. There's a lot of really great vibes out of that program. I've heard. Yeah, but I don't want to wait to judge Colorado State for yeah. a few weeks. But if we, you know, lose by forty, forty eight, maybe even the same margin. I'll take that. All right. A huge upset when it's not a win. My definition of a huge upset is losing by 14 or less. 
Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go so far as to be open ended. Oh, if it's not fifty, if it's fourteen or less, that's considered a huge upset. Um, it would be a much bigger upset if you if you win the game, which I think would be uh, would be preferred for a lot of people. Uh, keep your texts coming in. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. But no, seriously, Brandon, what did you have for lunch? I want to I want to know only because I'm 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 playing this bit off of his text, but I want to know am I a food psychic? Am I right about what he ate or am I going to be entirely wrong and Brandon's going to text back in and say, "Oh no, I had a Caesar salad with a sparkling water." Like, there's nothing wrong with having a Caesar salad. No, th- no, there's nothing wrong with having a Caesar Sometimes salad. Sometimes you can get a really water. good Caesar salad. I just, I don't equate a Caesar salad in sparkling water with maybe the biggest upset in the world text message. I don't equate that. So I just, I, I want to know if my, if my instincts are correct. Uh, it is the Sports Animal. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM. And 14:20 a.m. Hey, uh, don't forget about our good friends at uh, DB Grill because uh, they have uh, the perfect mix of foods that uh, you know hits the the, lo- the local palate with uh, a, a great menu, a great menu items that you can check out. The uh, the POW, the Polke of the week, is one you absolutely have to check out. Uh, also, try their kimchi fries. Or their lupchong fried rice. There's so many more things at DB Grill with their seasonal ingredients and contemporary techniques, creating savory new dishes and fresh takes on local favorites. They're in Copple Lake Commons, right next to the theater. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner, Fridays and Saturdays till 2 a.m. Visit dbgrillhi.com. We'll check on Surf here. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up in uh, about six minutes. It is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Let's say uh, one more from the Zephyr Insurance text line. No, it's not Brandon's lunch. Come on, Brandon, play along. Texter from the 781. Hawaii is going to confront Michigan in smash mouth football against the team that invented it. I hope not. I, I I sincerely, sincerely hope that that is not the game plan against Michigan going smash mouth against a team that is physically imposing, much more imposing than this Hawaii team is. That should be the last thing you're thinking about when you're walking into the big house trying to compete with them. The only way that you even think about doing that is if you're just trying to run time off the clock. But... Sincerely, don't do it. That's all I ask. Hey, uh, if you missed it earlier today, the uh, Rivals Fantasy Football Show, uh, hosted by Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, you can hear it at 8 a.m. on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 a.m. Listen in to get your fantasy football advice. Uh, You can also uh, win a great prize every week. I also have to remember to go uh, look at my fantasy football lineup to see if my losing team is going to make its way to, uh, well, (laughs) a loss uh, in week one. Because uh, who am I looking at? 
Well, I'm looking at my quarterback being Tom, the home-wrecked Brady, as my week one starting quarterback. And I say that knowing that might be a whole bunch of media fluff. I also say that because maybe, as uh, as heard earlier in the day, that maybe Tom Brady might have nothing distracting him from the field if, well, wife's not living there. It's possible. Uh, Rivals Fantasy Football brought to you by Rival Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Uh, listen in Wednesdays at 8. Sports Center next. We'll check on the M. Dyer Global scoreboard coming up in just a little while. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Our text line open at uh, 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and you can send us your tweets. Uh, we are at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. You know, I was... Um, We've been hearing a lot more of, of realignment stuff, and there is one thing that's starting to kind of kind of get floated out there that we start wanting to pay attention to, and that is uh, what the Big 12 might do. Their commissioner is talking about wanting to go west. It's Brett Yormark. Now, no, I'm not saying that the Big 12 is going to reach out all the way across the Pacific and snag Hawaii. No. We're not going there, and don't try to insinuate it. Um, but he wants to expand his footprint, saying that they're open for business, entering a fourth time zone, is what he says. The Big 12 wants, and I quote, a program that is national recognition, one that competes at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit, close quote. All right, so UCLA and USC gone. If you're looking at the remaining Pac-12 schools who compete at the highest level in basketball and football, stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. Let's see. I'm trying to narrow down the field of Pac-12 candidates that are a good cultural fit, whatever that means, and because, I mean, what do cultural fits now mean in college sports? Oh, you just have to be an institution. I mean, uh, you want to tell me USC and UCLA are great cultural fits for the Big Ten? Only because they're brand names and they're not um, they're not a fake school. They're not the college version of Bishop Sycamore. But the only thing I can the only school I could think of that competes at the highest level in basketball and football in the Pac-12, Oregon? And even that kind of feels like a stretch because Oregon's not a perennial top 25 team. Um, But I look at the rest of the Pac-12, if I play by those benchmarks, there's a quote-unquote cultural fit. The cultural fit's name is Phil Knight. And everybody wants a piece of Phil Knight and his money. And the Nike swoosh on everything they do. And maybe a jersey for every game you play in the year. See, Cal, 
Football? Eh. Basketball? Eh, no. Stanford basketball, interesting. Football, David Shaw's struggling to keep that program uh, relatively winnable and viable. Um, Arizona State, no. Arizona, did you just not see the fact that they've lost 16 of 18? Uh, Washington, eh, that's hard. And frankly, USC and UCLA don't even fit the mold of competing at the highest level in basketball and football. Maybe in recruiting. Not necessarily on the field lately. So I'm trying to decipher, Brett, your mark, and that's kind of everything I'm hearing. If I just had to parse words, because, you know, that's all we can do in the era of parsing words in college sports to figure out who is interesting. And no, don't you dare say Washington State. Don't you do it. Washington State. Football? Yeah. Basketball? Actually kind of interesting. That doesn't really hold water. And I don't think the Big 12 wants to go to Pullman. I don't don't think they want to go there. But I believe, I think the key to maybe make it a break, if you're the Big 12, as everybody's now in these, these contract negotiations and talking about TV, the break might actually be Oregon. And it might mean that you might have to make a concession, which means, okay, we'll we'll take Oregon, and yeah, that probably means we might have to take Washington to, oh, bummer, to have to go through that beautiful airport in Seattle. That's such a bummer. Um, because there's no other reason why the Big 12 should be reaching out this way anyway. I mean, Arizona and Arizona State might be just because it's closer, but I don't think they really care. Again, look at the geographics of college football, and I don't think anybody really cares about how close Arizona and Arizona State are to the rest of the Big 12 as the Big 12 expands to places like Cincinnati, Ohio. If I'm the Pac-12, I believe your conference is fine without USC and UCLA. You're okay. You're hanging by a thread. Don't even dare say New Mexico. Don't do it. You're hanging by a thread. Oregon still gives you relevance. Um, you could potentially add in the West Coast and uh, maybe add in a Fresno, maybe add in a San Diego State and keep some relevance. You know, Northern California, south of L.A., maybe you have some opportunities to recapture some of those eyeballs. Maybe the idea of playing some non-conference games in, uh, in at SoFi Stadium, maybe it works. I don't know. But you know what I, what I do know is if you lose Oregon, the Pac-12 is sunk. Because you lose two brand names, all right. As long as you've got a great brand name, Still there, you're still watchable. And Oregon could very well go through the Pac-9, well, Pac-10, what it would be. And if you play everybody, I think Oregon could go 9-0. And in the new age of the college football playoff, whatever it looks like, I think Oregon could find itself as a conference champion that is in the top six and and you know give the Pac-12 a fighting chance with a weak in-conference schedule that might be somewhat reminiscent of a higher group of five, you might be okay. But lose Oregon in what? 
Is your best conference champion going to be Arizona State? And is that what you want representing you in the college football playoff? Nah. So now that this is kind of like out in the open that Brett Yormark is saying, yeah, um, we're looking that way. We've already got central time zone covered. We've already got mountain time zone covered. Let's get Pacific time zone covered. Now that we have all, now that we know there are only so many schools you can covet in that time zone. And I think it's pretty clear where you kind of have to go to, to, to decipher what's next in, uh, in, in, in that window. That is the Big 12 at the moment, and that is the position of strength for the Big 12 because not only um, can the Big 12 kind of direct itself where it's going, but also uh, the Big 12's kind of jumped in front of the line of the Pac-12 because everybody thought the Pac-12 was going to be next when it came to uh, you know de- determining television rights. Everybody thought that that's where we were supposed to be going. That's who we were supposed to be talking about. Um, but no, the Pac-12's kind of fallen behind, and the Big 12's kind of picked it up. And by the way, for Oregon, don't be surprised if the Big Ten's also knocking on the door because we know apparently Oregon and Washington have both talked to the Big Ten. And uh, once that happens, all bets are off for the Big 12. Because, again, who do you really want after that? Name me somebody. I, I, don't, I don't know that you could. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can call us at 808-296-1420, and uh, you can tweet the show. We are at Sports Animals. You can get to me at Josh on the radio. The M. Dyer Global scoreboard right now brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Moving Hawaii into the future, apparently, um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa's had a fire lit under his you-know-what because it wasn't that long ago that... uh, uh, you know, the New York Yankees, it was just a couple of days ago, in fact, the New York Yankees called up one of the young prospects. Looked like he could potentially take that everyday role at shortstop away from Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, considering, again, that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is not the problem. Aaron Judge is hitting home runs. Nobody else is creating offense, but that's not necessarily there for him to do. Uh, but Kiner-Falefa... Uh, did go yard today. The New York Yankees playing a second game of a doubleheader. That grand slam, giving the Yankees a 4-1 lead over the Twins, bottom of the fifth inning. Game one today did go to the Yankees in 12. The final score of that game uh, was 5-4. to four. Elsewhere, games in progress. Uh, they're in the top of the ninth. Phillies leading the Marlins 4-3. Top of the eighth in Baltimore. Orioles trailing the Blue Jays 4-1. Top of the seventh, Cardinals leading Washington 1-0. Top of the sixth in Kansas City, the Guardians leading the Royals 1-0. Rangers 3, Astros 1, top 5. Top of the fourth, Padres 3, Diamondbacks 2. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Hey, if you got some time uh, tomorrow, make sure you check out the uh, the parade. 
going through Honolulu. It is the uh, Parade of Champions, which will uh, not only celebrate the uh, Little League World Series champions, but uh, we'll celebrate some champions that may not have had a parade for themselves. Uh, we'll go back a few years. We'll bring in, uh, we'll bring in some of the classics, if you will. Uh, we'll celebrate them tomorrow. That's at uh, it's about noon, and uh, you can check that out. So if you got lunch, uh, if you don't have lunch plans, cool. If you have lunch plans, change them. Um, get your get your lunch to go. Maybe go in. Go in Uber, uh, do Uber Eats, get your lunch, and then just eat it outside while, uh, while while you're watching champions go by. Might as might as well. And while you're thinking of champions, um, think of yourself because if you play pigskin picks, maybe there's a chance that you could be a champion and win our great grand prize as part of pigskin picks. Man, that that transition needed a lot of work. I agree. Um, but go to ESPNHonolulu.com. And play pigskin picks. We've got weekly prizes. Uh, we've got a grand prize at the end of the year. And you got to hurry because week one gets underway tomorrow. Bills Rams, uh, which you can hear on our sister station, CBS 1500, Hawaii's information station. Bills Rams at 1.30 tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I am uh, one of the teams that I think is, is my biggest question mark going into this year is the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, part of why the Rams are a question mark to me is, you know, I want to know for a team that I've, I believe so much in as, as good defensively as they have been offensively able to, um, you know, just move up and down the field unchallenged. And, and last year was a really good year for the Los Angeles Rams offensively. I, I don't know if, if I'm making too much of it, but hearing the reports on Matthew Stafford leading into game one, when I'm hearing things like um, he's not going to be on a pitch count, for example, the fact that that's being thought of is somewhat concerning because, um, quite honestly, we know his elbow is not great, and that elbow is probably not going to be good for a while. When To me, when, when I hear he's not going to be on a pitch count, even though we already know that his elbow is not okay, and he's going to be playing, eh, at, at least for the start of the year, not at 100%, um, you either mask that by running the football a lot, and becoming a, a little more run heavy, or you're really taking your chance with uh, with Matthew Stafford, and you're believing that he is um, you know, he is going to to be able to last the entire year. And and a lot of me believes that he won't. Um, the Rams will their offense will be heavily reliant on him, and that's tough because. Cooper Cup's ability to be uh, another all-pro wide receiver may be very much determined by Matthew Stafford's ability to throw the football. If Matthew Stafford's not what he was or even close to what he was last year, the Rams might be a 7-8 win team. And, uh, and, and, and that's not acceptable um, given what they were last year and what I think you know, on paper, they should be. But they are one of those 
kind of wild card teams, I think, in the NFL. And it's weird to say that a Super Bowl champion is considered a wild card team. But that happens a lot. A lot of times a team that wins the title the next year, you're poking holes in that team like crazy to figure out, well, what's going to keep them from getting there next year? And many times you find things that you can poke through that would tell you that they probably won't get there. And we don't have to poke far for these. That is my uh, my my wild card this year. If Stafford's fine and he throws the football at a really good clip, we could be talking about the Rams at least in the NFC Championship game. Um, you know, for for another year at the very least in an NFC Championship game. Um, but at worst, we might be talking about the third best team in the division, which I think is a stretch because I don't I don't know that I'd say the Rams are better than San Francisco. But um, if Trey Lance does not have a very good year, then the same thing we're talking about with Stafford Sands injury is what we talk about with the Niners. If Trey Lance isn't very good, that has an impact on guys like Debo Samuel and his ability to be a, a, a game-breaking, game-changing kind of individual, uh, individual like he was in the second half of last year. Who's your uh, wild-card NFL team? And when I say wild-card NFL team, what I mean is the team that if everything goes right, they are a deep playoff team. But if just one key piece doesn't seem right to you, just one, they go from potential deep run NFL playoff team to top 15 pick in the draft. Tanner, it looks like you have one. The New Orleans Saints. Okay. I think the New Orleans Saints can win the the NFC South. Okay. And I put it like this. I don't think Tom Brady has beaten the Saints since his time as a Buccaneer. Maybe the only time he's done it was the year they won the Super Bowl. But I believe I'm a Jameis Winston believer. I am a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, and maybe that's why I believe in Jameis Winston a lot. But you look at his receiving core from last year to this year. This year he's got Chris Olave from Ohio State, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas comes back. Alvin Kamara is yeah. not going to get suspended this year. Which is crazy. Which is me. insane. Yeah. But hey, that's a that's a story that we've got to follow over the course of the year. How he how he finds a way not to get suspended. Right. And that defense is still a very good defense, mm-hmm. and it's still being led by the same guy that's been leading it the last couple of years. Sure, there's no Sean Payton, so that's going to be the one thing. That's that one factor. Will this offense still be as good? It doesn't have to be as good as it was under Drew Brees. Right. But they need to see what they saw from Jameis Winston in the first six games of the season before he tore his ACL when they were 4-2. and two. And they upset the Packers in a game that just left, I, I think it left a lot of people baffled by how good the Saints looked in that game. And I think that this is a team that can, like I said, win the NFC South and can surprise a few teams in the playoffs if they aren't ready to get there to, you know, for the Saints to eat a couple of dubs in the playoffs. Imagine a world, Tanner, in which someone like you would be saying, 
that you trust Jameis Winston? Oh. Imagine that world. If this were Imagine that world? Three um, years three years ago. Last uh three years ago? Uh last time I checked, we're still in this world. I've always liked Jameis Winston. <laughs> even in his year where he went thirty for thirty, mm-hmm. even before mm-hmm. Tom Brady got signed to the Tampa Bay, I was still on board with Jameis Winston. Because there should have there was a step up offensively. He got LASIK. And I was pretty stoked for him getting LASIK that offseason. And because then he sits under a couple of years under Drew Brees, has an amazing start last year that no one really talks about. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And he's a leader. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm saying is, you know, imagine that world because you wouldn't have expected it um, by any stretch. And then, you know, on the, on the other hand, we're reminded that sitting for a year maybe turned out to be the best career thing for him. Um, where for many guys, that usually means you'll never be a starter again. Your career's done. Um, good luck making $5 million a year instead of 25, you know, things like that. That turned out to be the, he, he bet on himself to be patient and learn. And that turned out to be the best career move for James Winston. It was, it was perfect. Sports center coming up here. It's the sports animals. You're listening to ESP at Honolulu. Coming up in moments, reaction to our uh, Mountain West Power Rankings that we brought out yesterday. Yes, the uh, never imitated, never duplicated, because no one ever agrees with them, the Mountain West Power Rankings that we put out yesterday. And no, we didn't hear from Nate Crackman today. Uh, So... We're good. We're in the clear. Nate Crackman did not disagree with my placement of Wyoming in uh, in this year's first version of the Mountain West Power Rankings. By the way, uh, this week in the Mountain West is coming up a little bit later on tonight at 7 uh, here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And if you are wondering uh, what you can expect on this week in the Mountain West tonight, uh, they'll chat with Nevada head, uh, head coach Ken Wilson and uh, New Mexico play-by-play announcer Robert Portnoy. You know what Nate probably didn't ask Robert Portnoy, the play-by-play announcer for New Mexico State? Hey, how does it feel to hear about your uh, the program you broadcast for being placed last in Joshua the Radio's Mountain West Power Rankings? Robert doesn't doesn't even know that. Yeah, doesn't know. Our Mountain West Power Rankings, by the way, for those that uh, uh, do not know, we had bottom three of New Mexico 12, Hawaii 11, and Wyoming 10, and a top three in the Mountain West Power Rankings of uh, Fresno State 1, Nevada 2, and uh, San Diego State, yes, even San Diego State, um, with the loss at number three. Some of the uh, some of the reaction we got here. Uh, this is at Jack underscore Aloha on Twitter. Aloha Jack. I believe we will win a few of these conference games. I believe that too. Um, you know, the one thing I think we get to learn here in the non-conference period is we're not necessarily just learning about 
what Hawaii football is and isn't, I think we're also learning a little bit about what the rest of the Mountain West is and isn't. For example, I really believe the Mountain West is not as good as it used to be, and nobody wants to hear it because, you know, the the talking point is the Mountain West is the top autonomous conference in the country. That is uh, Commissioner Thompson's talking points. He said it to us at Mountain West Media Day. Uh, he put his uh, statement in uh, last week when they were talking about the, the extension of the college football playoff. He put that in there. Uh, we're set up as the uh, the best autonomous uh, autonomous conference in the country, uh, along with I don't remember how many times Craig Thompson used the word "I" in his uh, uh, you know in in, in his uh, um, statement. But um, this is the weakest I think the Mountain West has been. I think I said it last year too. Uh, Boise's not the same. I mean, I, I go through um, Boise's schedule, and I don't know that I truly believe that we're talking about a a, a, a conference championship team. Uh, we'll see Boise State again on Friday against New Mexico. Boise is only a 17-point favorite on the road at New Mexico. That's it? But I, I look at what Boise State has this year. I mean, you better win at New Mexico. You better win against UT Martin. And you better win at UTEP, which is not a guarantee by any stretch. Um, But that is one in in normal Boise State expectations. You're supposed to win against UTEP. Boise State, as it is, uh, is considered a favorite. And UTEP is already 0-2 on the year with losses to North Texas and and uh, and at Oklahoma. And they got blown out by Oklahoma. But I, I go through Boise, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, you have three guaranteed wins on the schedule in non-conference. That's right next to each other. I do see a loss against BYU later in the year. That is, if if everything is as it, it's, uh, it is supposed to be. And then um, I, I look farther down. Guaranteed wins. And you know what? In conference, outside of this New Mexico game uh, on Friday, the next, let's say, guaranteed win, if you will, probably doesn't come until the end of October when they play Colorado State at home. And then they play, you know, three weeks later, they're at Wyoming. I'd consider that a guaranteed win. That's it. That is five guaranteed wins for Boise State. And I think in previous years, I think, you know how we always go through the exercise of going through Hawaii's schedule and we, you know, check off the games that you feel like are guaranteed wins, keep checking them off. And then, you know, the ones that you don't feel like it, you put it in pencil, put a question mark, or you put maybe a W, maybe an L, you know, based on how you feel. This has got to be the lowest amount of quote-unquote guaranteed wins on a Boise State schedule that I have seen in uh, a decade, maybe you know, maybe since Boise State has, has joined the Mountain West Conference. Since that year in which uh, we saw the Statue of Liberty play and we saw them for, you know, for all the Tostitos uh, in the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. 
And that's and, and that's not a statement about the rest of the Mountain West because it's not like the the rest of the Mountain West has all of a sudden become really amazing. That's a that's a statement on Boise. That's a stunner on Boise, frankly. Um, I would say until the American loses Cincinnati and loses a few other teams, the American, I believe, is the top group of five conference in the country. Uh, I'm not willing to commit to the Sun Belt after that because uh, I want to see some sustained success from the Sun Belt. But the Sun Belt's making a move. And, you know, there are a lot of teams right now in the Mountain West that are just kind of like holding the middle. Holding the middle and holding the back. This is why it's, it's you know, conveniently... Um, you know, when when we when we talk about um, when when we when we talk about the um, uh, you know the conference and realignment, this is why I have said it all. It it, it all kind of goes together. You know, the reason why I say it is that the more you have these like wallflowers and middle goers in the conference, the more it brings down the conference. But at the same time, um, the more in which we have, um, you know, a conference that will likely end up sticking together, except for the one or two teams probably right there at the top, the San Diego States and the, and the Fresnos and the Boise's is because of, Really, what is what is kind of a just a, a log jam of okay, and a, a, a continued uh, firm grasp on the not so good for teams like New Mexico, for example. So yeah, I I agree when uh, when one of our people on Twitter when Jack says I believe we will win a few of these conference games. I agree. Um, Hawaii does have. Even though it hasn't been great to watch, Hawaii does have an opportunity, I think, in some of these conference games that are, at the moment, very, very much winnable. For example, um, I think the Colorado State game in Colorado State, I still believe is winnable for Hawaii. Wyoming is winnable for Hawaii. UNLV is winnable for Hawaii. And until San Jose State proves to me otherwise... San Jose State at the end of the year is also winnable for Hawaii. Those are four conference games that I still firmly believe at the moment that Hawaii has a chance to win. That I can't put down as L's right out of the gate just because it's trendy to do. One of the uh, the other tweeters says, uh, Hawaii at the bottom and Air Force should move up. I mean, you really think Hawaii's worse than New Mexico? Have you watched New Mexico? If you don't want to. Air Force, by the way, I had at uh at at number five. Um and there's a lot of people who say hard to believe anybody's worse than UH. Well, you know, it's you're you're two games in for some teams, one game in for others. And and a lot of times we're kind of going by by uh, by what we see. And uh, a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of what we've known in the past, 
and 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 what you're kind of stuck with knowing from from things in the past there's there's a lot you you don't entirely know but we'll do that we'll we'll do our um Mountain West Power Rankings every Monday. Another tweeter says, uh, "Good for discussion, but really still too early." Uh, I hope you. I hope you say that about the AP Top Twenty Five. <laughs> I, I hope you say that about a lot of those because that's exactly what they are for. Uh, they are good for discussion, but also um, that's what we're here for is discussion. And one more. This is B, who says New Mexico versus Hawaii in the toilet bowl. Um, yeah, we don't play those. It's like the NIT or uh, the CBI or what used to be the collegeinsider.com tournament. It's no longer the collegeinsider.com tournament, uh, but what used to be that, we're too good for that. Qualified for it? Yeah, we're not going to play in that anymore. We don't need it. We're not going to give you our gate just because we want to play ball. Leave us, leave us out of that nonsense. Uh, we'll check in on uh, traffic here in just a moment. Don't forget, you want to find a place to watch the game for uh, Hawaii and uh, Michigan coming up on Saturday. Then join us in YPO. Big City Diner is where Arnold Martinez and I will be for countdown to kickoff. Uh, make sure you join us. We'll have uh, some some great food because obviously there's no diner finer than Big City Diner. Uh, so we'll have uh, we'll have great food there. But also, don't forget, uh, and I want to make sure that we we push this, the Mega Modelos, which is a 25-ounce Modelo Especial Draft for 7 bucks. We'll be giving away prizes as well. So make sure you join us. All of the road games this year at a big city diner near you uh, is brought to you by uh, Paradise Beverages, Modelo Especial, Diotani Produce, and Coca-Cola. We'll check on traffic. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. We'll check on surf in a moment. We've got uh, Sports Center coming up in a moment as well. And you know what we got to do? We got we to put this up after the show. Uh, we did Doobie Brothers Friday last Friday. Who are we going to have this Friday? Uh, we need to come up with some ideas and uh, put it up on a poll on our Twitter and then potentially uh, vote on it and see who we have for our uh, our Friday fun. All except for BTS. We will not do a, a, a BTS Friday. Look, I, I gave uh, Billy Hall today on, uh, on, on BTS Wednesday with, uh, w- with Kanoa and Let's Talk Sports. I gave them BTS just to have fun with. And, um, you know, it was okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's something I would do again. But it was okay. Um, but that, that will be the only thing I veto. So throw a bunch of ideas out there, and uh, we'll, we'll vote on it. We'll, we'll vote it on our Twitter, and we'll see what comes up on Friday. Let's say hi to Mark at uh, 808-296-1420. Mark, how's your Wednesday afternoon going? Doing well. Paul Hanna time, driving home. I thought, uh, listen to your program. Thanks for taking over for the animals. Good good uh, to hear, hear you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I want to ask you on the Rainbow Warriors football team and my thoughts on this. Um Everyone's chiming in on the team. Do you think the lack of a consistent quarterback um, could be part of the 
challenges they're facing, and perhaps as the season goes on, when Coach Chang sells on a number one starter, do you think that would help them win games? And uh, my other question was an MLB question. Well, I'll start. Let's start. Let's start with the UH football one first, and I'll take your MLB one after that. Let's start with the UH football one first. Um, You know, the tough thing about the quarterback job is it is such a uh, it is such a front facing job that it might look like that. Okay, if you settle on a quarterback, then okay, a lot of things are are solved because you feel like you have uh, you feel like you figured it out. Um, but I, I, I think it's, it's almost not a ruse, but I think it's, it, it's, it's just one of many, just because there are so many things that need turning around that, you know, so- solving the quarterback job would be great. Um, but it doesn't fix everything, but it's a start. It's a, it's a very forward facing start that I think would be helpful if for anything, um, I, I think for public confidence, um, but you'd like to get there at some point. I don't know. Again, with with Shager, as we find out with an undisclosed injury, Cooper not making the trip, you wonder how long it will take to find that quarterback um, that that you feel like you can settle with. We'll we'll see if you can do that by conference, which I I feel like they could. Your your MLB question though. Yeah, uh, who you uh, who who are you predicting in the World Series? Begrudgingly. Actually, no, not begrudgingly, because it's not the Dodgers. I am. Uh, I was going to say begrudgingly the Dodgers, but no, I see the Dodgers losing in the NLCS. I have the Braves uh, in the uh, in the National League and in the American League. As much as I would like to believe the New York Yankees will will get out of this slumber that they're in right now, although today it seems like they're doing all right against the Twins. Uh, man, that division is tough, but I will, or that league is tough. I'll go Houston. Uh, I'll, I'll go Astros Braves in the World Series. Oh, okay, okay. I would think you would not a pundits are saying the Dodgers and and uh, Houston. I mean, it it would be fun to see for sure. Uh, and and I appreciate your call, by the way. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, I I the Dodgers are trendy. I question the Dodgers starting pitching in October and into November, and starting pitching staying healthy. I think that's the, the the best word I can use for it is is healthy starting starting pitching, and um, I don't know that I can believe it will be that uh, by the time we get there. The Astros just seem to be kind of um, kind of consistent, and weirdly enough, quietly consistent, which is uh, which is kind of weird. Texter from the, where is it? The 313. Do a Motown Friday for the Bows headed to Ann Arbor. You know what? I like that a lot. So you, you know what? Forget it. Forget doing the poll. We're, we're not going to go specific artist on Friday. I actually love that. The 313. We'll do a Motown Friday. Uh, we know Detroit's been known for some great music. And uh, I think Motown sounds good. Maybe, I know it's not Motown, but uh, thinking 8 Mile, maybe you'll sneak in an Eminem, uh, an Eminem beat here and there. It's not Motown. I know. I know it's not. Um, <laughs> but Motown Friday, you know, I, I do appreciate some Motown. I think we could throw that into the mix. That's, that's, that's okay. 
Voting over. Not like we ever started. Uh, Friday's Motown Friday from 3 to 6 uh, here on the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Tanner, you and I will put our heads together over the next couple of days, figure out some good Motown tunes that uh, that we throw in as our rejoin music and uh, have a little fun because that's what Fridays really need to be, especially because we kind of know what, what seems to be the expectation for what's to come um, on Friday or on Saturday. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe a little band-aid to that could be some good music. Why not? Let's check on Surf here. Sports Center is on the way as well. This is the Sports Animals. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. We'll go through an M. Dyer Global Scoreboard check coming up in uh, just a little while. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Thanks so much for allowing us in as uh, we uh, we get you through your Wednesday. It doesn't feel like a Wednesday, to be honest with you, though. This really does feel like a Tuesday, being the second day of the full work week. And this is even with the fact that I was working on Monday. And it still feels like a Tuesday. Uh, it's like I went through two consecutive Mondays to get here today when realistically, um, realistically, it's a Wednesday. You can get in touch with us. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. But you know what you should do? You should call us at 808-296-1420. Want to know why? Because our own Tanner Hayworth is... Uh, I'm saying it. I told you I would. He's doing his fantasy football draft right now. And I I, I I know sometimes you don't have a choice. It's not your draft. You didn't. It's not your league. But uh, you chose to be in a league in which you're drafting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when you happen to be working. I, I I know there's a bunch of time zones. I get it. Um, but it happens to fall during your shift. And, you know, I was going to do this at the top of the show because, I you know, I, I do like to make trouble every once in a while. Sometimes it does create good content. Uh, sometimes it just epically flops. But I was thinking, you know what? If we just tell people at the top of the hour, hey, call in the radio show that... Tanner would forget about his draft and he would go auto pick after auto pick after auto pick. And I mean, this show could technically have doomed his chances of winning his fantasy football league. Little do I know, A, forgot <laughs> all this planning I had to sabotage Tanner Hayworth's fantasy football team in whatever league this is, what is this? Just a bunch of friends? This is the student media poll? What, what's what's this league? Friends and family. Friends and family. So we, I had this great opportunity to sabotage Tanner Hayworth's friends and family chances. I, I think friends and family. I think of like f- cell phone plans for the people who still do those like friends and family plans. Um, had a chance to do it. Totally forgot. And then during one of the earlier breaks, you admitted to me. Um, you had forgotten on your own <laughs> because we give him so much work to do. 
here when he's when he's in the office that he forgot on his own doing. I didn't have to ruin it for him. You auto-drafted on your own while you were here, while I wasn't telling people to light up the phone lines to keep you occupied from pressing buttons on your phone. And what happened, by the way, um, in your auto-draft? Like, did your auto-draft fail you, or did your auto-draft, um, you know, put you in a really good position? It kept it strong. It got me uh, Justin Jefferson, and mm. um, and fortunately, I remembered about my uh, draft about two picks right before mine, and I had to get a running back, so I drafted James Conner, and I've eventually drafted Damian Pierce. Um, what's funny about that is those are the exact same three first picks that I made in our work league. Mm. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'm already just copying my old, my other team, but is, just slightly better. You know, that is the uh, one of the, the, the biggest things, or not things, but uh, one of the biggest mental things that you have to think about when you draft in fantasy football, um, and I and I'm pr- I'm sure there are a lot of people that get caught in it. It's not just me, but I would think you get too comfortable with the same people, and I and I'm guilty of it because I have never won in fantasy football in my entire life. I have been a runner-up once. I've made it to the playoffs, not last year. Um, and sometimes I get caught up in the whole. These are the guys I know. These are the guys that got me points last year. I feel like I can trust that these individuals got me some point. Will get me some points this year. So I'm just going to stick with what I know and not jump outside of my comfort zone. Like I can't understand how people play in more than two leagues because what if you end up falling into that same trap? And you got a whole bunch of guys that are the same across all of your leagues. And imagine if that individual gets hurt. And you're making that change across all of your leagues. Um, yeah, I I can't uh I, I can't imagine that. Um, and that's why I will never play more than two leagues. I am in two this year. I think I've previously been in at max two. I will never be at more than that. Um, because I can't imagine, hey, draft Christian McCaffrey in all three of your leagues. Although it didn't happen to me this year. Um, I drafted him in one, and it was an auto draft that I got Christian McCaffrey in in our uh, our, our media league this year. Uh, this year, my opponent in, in week one took Christian McCaffrey. But I, I, I can't imagine going through that dilemma over the course of three, four, five six, ten uh, different fantasy football drafts. Uh, the last one we did was, uh, was it last week? It was last week today when we did our work one. And I don't know what I was thinking at the time, but I got caught up in exactly that. And to me, it ruined my entire draft. What I did in the first two rounds of my fantasy football league ruined my entire draft because I saw names that I wanted that I felt like I knew I could trust. But in doing so, I kind of broke my own rules on the draft. So I drafted, what, two wide receivers in rounds one and two. And normally, my thought process is, I need a running back in one of those first two rounds. And 
but I remember, I think it was round two in the draft. And I think it, it must have been Keenan Allen's name that I saw. And I said, you know, Keenan Allen is as reliable as a receiver, uh, a reliable of receiver as you can find. There is no way I am going to pass up the opportunity to have Keenan Allen on, uh, on, on my football team. I can't do it. Keenan Allen, I've got to have him. And I think I had, I might have had Debo as well. And so I drafted two wide receivers in rounds one and two. And I will readily admit that I regret it because that took me away from getting a top five, top ten running back. And uh, running backs, you don't find a lot of them that are very good. And if you can't, that could really sink, uh, sink you you know, really quickly, uh, especially in early weeks. And I think that's what's going to happen to me because uh, went through the projections of how everybody did their draft and what their standings are going to be, the the final standings projections. And where am I in our 14-team league? Take a guess, 14th. And I really do believe that part of the reason why is because I didn't take a running back in rounds one or two. That I decided... I would take a wide receiver, and then I would try to double up on running backs the next couple of rounds. But by that point in time, it was already too late, and everybody else had the better idea of taking the top running backs where they could get them and not skimping on it um, and and prioritizing that. So uh, that's on me. But uh, I, I said this last hour. We talked about like wild card teams, and I think about it in fantasy. You know... I I look at how great Cooper Cup was last year as a fantasy receiver. He was on my team. Um, and actually, I picked up Cooper Cup off of the waiver wire, I think it was, at one point last year. I don't I, – I think he was – he was not on my roster in week one, I don't recall. And I got him somehow later in the year. How, I don't know. I don't think there's a way he tops what he did last year. And, you know, in, in, in tying the knot on what I had said um, last hour about NFL wildcard teams, and we'll take yours, by the way, at 808-296-1420. Who do you believe um, w- it would be a wild card this year? A team that, if everything goes right, they are a, a conference championship contending team. And if everything goes wrong, they're picking in the top 10 to 15. Tanner earlier said New Orleans. I believe the Los Angeles Rams are that wild card team that I think you can find some question marks with that team. Um, And I'm looking right at that quarterback in Matthew Stafford and wondering, well, if Stafford's elbow is not okay, Cooper Cup's fantasy value goes way down. Rams' offense isn't as good. A lot of reliance on the running game. And, um, you know, quite simply an average year average at best if uh if that's what they ultimately end up being i i i could see the rams falling way back this year as just an average maybe competing for a wild card seven eight win team really simple uh you can text into us our zephyr insurance text lines at 808-296-1420 uh, you can call us at 808-296-1420. Send us your tweets at Sports Animals. You can get to me directly at Josh on the radio. Who do you believe is that wild card team? Um, 
do you believe, like me, that it's a, it's a Rams? What about uh, Tanner says New Orleans? What about, uh, let's say, uh, Miami? Tua, if Tua's great with the weapons he has, maybe. Uh, maybe that could be a really good team out of the AFCs. If not, if he struggles, their defense struggles, we might be talking about a Miami team that's uh, uh, way out of the wild card race. 808-296-1420. You can uh, text and call us uh, right there. Time for our M. Dyer Global scoreboard. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii uh, into the future. And uh, we're looking at Major League Baseball right now. With, uh, with a couple of games in progress. One of the games we're following, uh, the New York Yankees playing the second game of a doubleheader today. Earlier, they won 5-4 to four in 12 over the Minnesota Twins. Right now, in the uh, the second game of that twin bill, uh, the Yankees are uh, up 4-1. to one. No, that can't be. No, they are. They are up 4-1. to one. It's in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, meantime, Cleveland leading Kansas City 1-0. Bottom of inning number eight. Uh, Rangers and Astros tied at three as they move to the eighth inning. Padres leading Arizona five to three in the bottom of the sixth inning. And we're watching the U.S. Open Tennis Championship. Uh, we're watching one of the men's quarterfinals, the third-seeded Alcaraz, leading one set to none on uh, uh, on the 11th-seeded Yannick Sinner, uh, who is up 2-1 in set number two. Uh, we've already seen uh, earlier today at uh, at the U.S. Open, we've seen Francis Tiafo, the American, who defeated Rafael Nadal. He wins in three sets uh, to advance to the men's semis. Yes, an American will be competing in the semis at the U.S. Open. That has not happened in a while. That is your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. we got Sports Center, and uh, we got to look at traffic coming up in just a little while. I'm Josh Pacheco waiting for Chris and Gary. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. If you uh, missed their show earlier today as they were filling in on the Bobby Curran Show, uh, you can check it out at ESPNHonolulu.com uh, and uh, uh, listen in uh, whenever you want. The uh, I, I, I've seen people bring up Hawaii in the uh, ESPN bottom 10 again, uh, which, look, um, I people shouldn't read too much into the bottom 10 in college football. And the, and the reason why people need to stop reading into the college football bottom 10 is because it's, A, it's satire, um, it's, it's not meant to be, I mean, it, it, it partially is like, yeah. Are you one of the worst 10 teams in the country? Yeah. I mean, we can't get around that. Um, but the other part of it is it is kind of meant to be looked at in the microscope of, um, you know, having fun with the sport. Like you can, you can look at the bottom 10, See your name in there in the bottom 10 and then still say, at least I still enjoy college football. This is what uh, Ryan McGee 
put down in his bottom 10 uh, after UMass, who he calls UMass at number one, uh, with Hawaii at two. And I didn't see what, what CBS Sports put. And, and Tanner, if you can check on that at, at, at some point. I uh, I did not see if CBS had number one. Uh, Hawaii was number one. It's worst team in college football last week. They Are are they still? Or, or you can check on it. This is what Ryan McGee said on, on Hawaii this week. The Rainbow Warriors followed up their week 0, 63-10 loss to bottom 10 regular Vandy with a 49-17 loss to bottom 10 regular Western Kentucky. Although that's not fair. Western Kentucky is not a bottom 10 type team. Um, not recently. I was surprised to see that. Maybe maybe in past life, bottom 10 team. Not so much recently. Uh, but Ryan McGee says, up next is a trip to decidedly non-bottom 10 regular in Michigan, followed by a visit from 0-2 FCS social media sensation Duquesne. Remember the dude with the two big red britches. And then a September-ending pillow fight of the year of the century against... New Mexico State, who, by the way, he has as, phew, Mexico State at 0-2. Hawaii's two in the CBS Sports bottom five. Uh, So UMass has taken that spot from Hawaii. Um, Good to know. You know, it is what it is. And you have to remember that It doesn't say everything about your program long-term. It says what it says about your program, like, now. And what it says about the program currently is exactly what we all probably should have already known about the program anyway. Despite all of the excitement and, and all that stuff, that... The program is in a rebuilding mode. And it is going to be for some time until you can rattle off some really good wins and show market improvement, not just, you know, the little breadcrumbs here and there. Like, you know, I, I would take some of the things that were uh, were done last week, and I would say that, yeah, there were there there were some pieces of improvement there. Um, I would I would agree with. But at the at the same time, look, um, you're gonna have to get used to it. And there's a very good chance that if you lose to Michigan and it is bad as everybody's you know as everybody expects it it could be, you could be number one in the parody satire big you know bottom bottom ten. And you know what? Not that huge of a deal. If there's anything I get out of it, I, I think what I take of it is you see what you are currently, and at least you're not, like, in the dark of what you are. Like, it's clear as day. And you know what's in front of you as a challenge. You know what's in front of you to fix. And sometimes that's not a, that's, that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it's not bad to have those challenges put out right in the open in front of you. And I think that's what this team has uh, um, has clearly right in front of it is, is the challenge to get off of that doormat and, uh, and, and be better, be better than, um, you know, I- I- eventually. 
Texter from the 781. How can any journalist make fun of college kids playing the toughest sport of them all? Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm going to be the fun police here. Look, it's a sport. And, yes, they are college kids, but you know what? They are adults. Um, you know, some of them are on scholarship, et cetera. It's, it's, it's as I've said, it's satire. Um, you know, part of it is, yeah, these are the worst teams in the country. How we talk about it is a little bit of satire and deal. But I don't see, and 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 this is where I'm going to disagree mostly with the texture from the 781. I don't see where they're making fun of the kids. Like again, I'll I'll go back to Ryan McGee's piece. Ryan McGee is not making fun of any particular student athlete. In fact, he didn't really make fun of anybody from Hawaii except for saying Hawaii. Y W H Y, but he didn't make fun of anybody. He just pointed out in a somewhat, you know, humorous kind of way what Hawaii is up against. That's not bad. Sports Center, you know, we'll tackle this a little bit more coming up on the other side. This is ESPN Honolulu. All right, let's settle this. Apparently. People don't like satire on college athletes, apparently. Uh, and we kind of um, we, we, we kind of mentioned this at the end of the last hour. We'll, we'll reference it back. We were talking about, for those of you just tuning in, hi, by the way, this is Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco in for the guys. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. We were supposed to have a Gojo today. We were supposed to have Mike Golick Jr. And then uh, he didn't end up getting Mike Golick Jr. I don't know what happened. Uh, Mike Golick Jr. is on the call of one of the national radio broadcasts uh, this weekend on our sister station, CBS 1500. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what happened. We're going to we're gonna have to give uh, Gojo a, a little bit of a talking to uh, <laughs> next, time we, uh, next time we talk to him. But um, we were talking last hour about um, Hawaii being in the bottom 10 and people bring it up. I saw someone bring it up to the text line earlier. And, you know, one, one of my things I'm saying to people is, guys, you know, settle down. It's it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's largely satire. It's meant to have a little bit of fun with the game and also realize, yeah, I, I get it. Um, it is a game. And, uh, you know, these are, as much as it is satire, these are also the worst teams in college football and you can't get around it, but it's also meant to have uh, a little bit of fun. It's not meant to take so seriously, but it's also meant in a, in a kind way to say, this is where you are. You know, whether, whether you like it or not, I don't like it. That Hawaii is one of the bottom teams in the nation. I don't think anybody likes it. But here's kind of a nice way of saying, here's your place in college football at the moment. That Vanderbilt roughed you up, and Western Kentucky roughed you up, 
and it's very likely Michigan could rough you up. And then you've got Duquesne. And then another bottom feeder in New Mexico State, which should feel like a win you should have, uh, but probably doesn't feel like a win you should have at this point just because it's, uh, you know, Hawaii's a, a, a bottomish team, as we have talked about. And so it led to one of our texters not really feeling all that excited about, um, you know, where um, where Hawaii is and, 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 and people making fun of college athletes. Texter from the 781 said last hour, how can any journalist make fun of college kids playing the toughest sport of them all? And like I said, um, Ryan McGee is a journalist. He's also an opinion guy. Uh, I don't know if you've heard Marty McGee, which you can hear weekends right here, Saturdays on ESPN Honolulu and the SEC Network. Um, and uh, he and his partner, uh, Marty McGee, they are people that don't take themselves too seriously, which is why I believe they are money. awesome. Everything. They're very awesome. Um, but, I, you know, okay, fine. But, um, you know, I I also um, I also think think it shows that you can have a little bit of fun in what is a difficult game. You know, Texter then then says satire the pros, nor the co- not the college athletes, especially because I went to both UMass and UH and. Now we know why. It's all coming clear. Now we know why you don't like the bottom tens and the bottom fives. It's because you went to two of the bottom two schools. That's why. We got to find out who this person is. It probably doesn't want to share their name. What's it like going to two schools that at the moment find themselves at the very bottom of Ryan McGee's bottom 10. Um, what kind of special place is there for that? But no, in, in in all seriousness, though, it would be one thing if pieces like these put down the student-athlete. Like, if, if they were put out there to, you know, make fun of an individual person because they had a really bad game... Then yeah, you know I would uh, I would definitely agree that maybe that goes a bit across the line because while they aren't making millions and millions of dollars a year, at least we don't think they are making millions and millions of dollars a year unless they have a great NIL that hasn't been reported out to the general media just yet. Um, you know there there's still a a, a a sense of decency that you have to have uh when putting something together like a a bottom five sure uh, i would totally agree with that but man can you just have a little bit of fun just just a little little bit of fun you're still playing a competitive game you're still on national television um and you know what you may be in the bottom five but people are still paying attention to you at least you're not irrelevant to the point that no one's watching you. Kurt, thank you for calling in at 808-296-1420. How are you, bud? What's up, guys? How you doing, bro? Good, Kurt. You? Good. 
Man, Kurt, your 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 cell phone reception right now is in the bottom ten. Um, call back, call call back in here in a moment because I you you sound really bad, unfortunately. Um, as bad as UMass. Sorry to the texter who said he went to UMass. Call back um, at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Sorry, I I could not help it. It was there for the picking. We were there. I couldn't ignore it. Um, once you go down that 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 rabbit hole of of getting into individual players, then yeah, it's 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 a little murky. But you know what? You're on national television. Your programs get money, you know, from your television deals. You and and you know what? You spend in some programs millions of dollars on coaching staffs, and I think that might be Kurt trying to call back in here. You spend all that money to build a program, yeah, you're you're fair game. I got zero problem with the bottom tens of the world. If you're not good, I have zero problem with your name on it. Let's try Kurt again here. Uh, Kurt, is your cell phone reception now in the top ten? Man, I hope so, man. Yes. I hope so. How yes. you doing, bro? I'm good. Yourself? Fine, thank you, man. So good hearing you in the afternoon, brother. Oh, uh, it's good to hear. I, I know. I know this, Kurt, now. Oh, it's good to hear your yeah. voice. And, of course, in football rainbow season, you got to hear from me, right? Bro? Of course I do. Of course. Hey, man, so here's my thought, man. You know, um, I, I, it's a traumatized fan base, bro. You know what I mean? And even in the mental health world, when you look at people who suffered trauma, generational trauma, we are a traumatized fan base, bro, including myself, okay? Um, and, and, you know, I was one of the June Jones guys, bro, when all this went down. And I, I, I had my, my, my moments of madness. I had my moments of frustration throughout these first two games. You know, I got on the Timmy Timmy Chang. I am on the Timmy Chang train, bro. I still support him, bro. You know, to a point now where I realized after two games, bro. Yeah, man, we got a ways to go, man. You know, and 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 the more I keep thinking, like, you know, no, we supposed to be winning and throwing these long Coach Brennan s type of bombs and do it. The more I'm fooling myself as a traumatized fan. So, in order to get a hold of my own. Uh, marbles as a UH fan, I just got to sit back and be what's called limo in the current, bro. You know, kind of like let it go and uh, assume the best, bro. Assume the best. Oh, and that's and, – and all you can do in doing that is, I mean, it, the trust factor that I think, uh, you know, a lot of people have, maybe it's because – they just want to have it with no real, you know, other belief other than to just say, I want to trust Timmy Chang and I want to trust this coaching staff and I want to trust the direction. It, it might sound like blind faith to some and, and maybe it is, um, but it's a blind faith I'm willing to have at the moment. Just because I believe in, in, in the people and I believe in the want and I believe in I think the long-term vision and it might sound almost like hopeless romantic kind of in a way, but um, you know, if that's all you have to go by in a, in a, a 50 plus person turnaround from a year ago, it's better than it's better than having nothing, which I think could be the absolute alternative that no one would love. I think that's spot on. And along with 50 something turnaround, I mean a whole new slew of coaches who cutting their teeth for the first time, you know, mm. Um, so it is what it is, man. And I would say to the fan base, man, just, just, just support them, man. You know, and, and if it's something that, uh, really is affecting you emotionally, 
turn it off, bro. Tune back in next season. <laughs> well, we want the ratings, so we want people to still be tuning in. I don't want to tell people to go away, Kurt. <laughs> Come on. You know, I think you're true. I think you're true blue fans, bro. Like me, we still gonna be around, brother. We still gonna be around. Oh, I know you. you, know, you but I think you don't go anywhere. I I know you. You're 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 the best of the best. I miss you, my friend. I miss you too, brother. Good hearing you, brother. Take care now. All right, same to you. That's uh, that's that's Kurt. He's uh, he's from the Big Island. He is uh, uh, one of one of my favorite people. I got to know in covering uh, high school and UH Hilo sports. I say back in the day, uh, five years ago. Uh, but no, truly, truly good people. Good to hear from him. And uh, kind of saying what I think a, a, a lot of a lot of people have been um, you know, kind of feeling. And some people, yes, have been struggling through. The the attention on the program, sure, maybe it's it's not great. But I also say I balance that out with the attention that this program did have coming in in a lot of different areas. And hey, um, don't go and read the bottom tens, the bottom fives. Don't seek it out. Don't try. It's, if it triggers you, just don't do it. You know, but I, I still go back to the attention the program got prior to the week zero game against Vandy. A lot of the positive stuff that was put out on Timmy Chang. A lot of the good pub for this program and where it's trying to go, going back to really one of its own. Um, two games doesn't salt away, or two games don't salt away, um, you know, kind of the good feeling that you're supposed to have of what is already known as a work in progress. No one's going to sit here and lie to you and tell you it's otherwise because I don't think it's a very good idea for that to happen. Um, but you under but but you understand that you know in 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 seeing what it is and seeing the people that are trying to get you there, which is why I thought some of those pieces on on Timmy going into the year and and some of the opportunities that we have all had um, to talk to several different players on the team, I think have. Um, you know, kind of give you that opportunity to think bigger, to think longer term, and to know that, look, 2022 is not supposed to be the answer to what was, well, an offseason to forget. A January to, or at least a portion of January to forget. 2022 is not supposed to be the the final answer. 2024 is probably more like it. And, you know, I am always a believer because, you know, there are businesses that they want to go out there right away. They want to crush it. You know, they're thinking about, you know, hey, right now, what are we going to do this month? What are we going to do next month? And you you have to. um, And you're thinking, you know, very much short term. And you're not necessarily thinking about two, three, four years, you know, having that long term business plan. Some of some of the best businesses may have struggled early and gotten up off their feet, but stayed in, in, in their course and their vision and their plan and got there and, and did what they needed to do and took some of those lumps, but learned from taking some of those lumps and got better from it. You know, those that kind of just throw everything in at once and hope that it achieves something, um, they don't always see that result later because they've exhausted everything right out of the gate and you've got nothing left. And you do that, and, and, and you have that kind of energy, and then people leave, 
your attitude turns people off. Transfer portal hits you hard. And you're not thinking bigger than, you know, than than the now. And, and that can sometimes, you know, really hurt you. So that's what I've kind of chosen coming in, even before the Vandy game. I, I, I and, and look, I didn't think the Vanderbilt game was going to turn out to be what it was. Um, freezing cold take from me saying that it was going to be a single-digit game and it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game. Nail that one on the wall. Um, not, I know I'm not the only one, but I'm, I I did say it into a microphone, so I am held to a little bit of a higher standard for that. So, yeah, put that on my freezing cold takes wall. But um, even before that, you know, I, I, I really truly believed I'm not looking at 2022 as the year, um, but I'm looking at 2022 as where we start to 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 draw the bridge to that other side whatever that other side is wherever it is how you are building that bridge to get there uh texture from the uh, 223 it is what it is just think positive it's practically a new team new coaches new philosophy but just need to stick to it it's going to be a rough ride but it's how you come through i believe it will be a good program Stats don't win games. That's why you play the game. That's uh, that's a good good text there. One more texter from the guy who said satire the pros. Now we see why the UMass uh, Hawaii connection. I see you on the phones. We'll get to you in a second at 808-296-1420. Texter says, I'm having a lot of fun listening to ESPN Honolulu. I will soon retire and hang out at Growler's Kapahulu. Yes, you will. Uh, in fact... Uh, you should probably do that next Thursday because we'll all be there. Say hi and tell us you're the guy that went to UMass and UH. <laughs> and uh, try one of their 94 beers on tap while you're there, too, while you're retired. Let us know about your UMass and UH fandom. One more here. John, thank you for calling in. How are you this afternoon? Yeah, hey, you know what? The, pro- the problem is a lot of people had so much expectation, and I, and I don't know why. I mean, knowing that the way last year folded, losing our best guy, us having a green coaching staff, why, why did we think that the results would be any different? I mean, we, we, people are going to have to be realistic of where we are and, and how long it's going to take to, to get back. Now, even that, like the Vanderbilt and the Western Kentucky team, Take a look at who they play. Vanderbilt just barely beat a FCS team. Mm-hmm. Elon. Kentucky, West, yeah, I never heard of that team. Really? Western Kentucky. Well, you know, I'm joking. <laughs> Western, Kentucky, Western Kentucky barely beat a FCS team the week before us. So we might be even worse than we think. Everybody should realize that. Hey, we're going to New Mexico. I, I think we got Duquesne. Duquesne, whatever you say. I'm not sure we got New Mexico. New Mexico, we play them on the road, and they played Nevada. I mean, not 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 too not too bad, I guess. But they didn't play they didn't play um, Florida State. I mean, Minnesota worse than we played the other two teams. So we could be in really bad shape. So everybody should keep that in mind. So you don't so you don't um, overdo your your sadness. Expect them to struggle. Expect this year to be tough. And let's just hope we have better guys ahead. Aloha. Thank you, John, for calling in. 
Um, yeah, don't overdo your sadness might be the understated sentence of the segment. Um, the only thing I will caution you on is don't get caught up in comparing results. I think that's a very dangerous game to play. Uh, we'll check on traffic. This is the Sports Animals. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update coming up in just a few. We're watching Major League Baseball. We're watching the U.S. Open. We're going to go uh, back to the text line coming up in just a moment. Don't forget Rivals Fantasy Football Show every Wednesday, 8 a.m. here on ESPN Honolulu. You can win a great prize, get some fantasy football advice, or choose not to listen to the fantasy football advice and suck at your draft. Uh, however you choose to do it. It's Rivals Fantasy Football brought to you by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. Did I scare you there? Uh, Sports Center next. It's ESPN Honolulu. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM, 14:20 AM, uh, and on your smart speaker. Just tell Alexa, play ESPN Honolulu. Heard that, Alexa? Play ESPN Honolulu. How many Alexas decided to uh, do that? Just as uh, we said, hey Alexa. Play ESPN Honolulu. Imagine the people listening on Spectrum Channel 884 with an Alexa device right next to their TV, which is if um, I had mine set up, I put mine away. If I had mine set up, it like it, it would be right next to the TV. And you're listening on Channel 884, and uh, we started up your Alexa. That'd be creepy. It's like the NFL ads that say, hey, Siri, who leads the NFL in passing yards? Of course... Activating my Siri right now because I forgot about that. Yeah, mine never activated. But there's there's actually a reason why um, my Alexa's not set up anymore. And this goes back to uh, several years ago where it was set up right next to the TV. Um, our Alexa decided, I don't know, it was going to get hacked? I, I don't know what happened. It started randomly laughing. Um, and not like the quiet, like, tee-hee-hee-hee-hee kind of laughing. It was random laughter. And so, um, you know, we have a dog. Um, I like to know where my laughter's coming from. Like, if it's me laughing at my own jokes, or if I'm watching an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway? But if the TV's off, I'm home alone... And there's laughter coming out of my smart speaker. I'm creeped out. So, um, yeah, um, put that on my wall, too. Right next to my freezing cold take, put that quote. I'd like to know where my laughter is coming from. Um, just like to know, just like when I go and order food, I'd like to know where my food is coming from. Um, that's why we ended up putting away the Alexa and the, uh, the dot that we ended up getting a couple of years later that we had never opened to begin with is still in the box in its original packaging. We have not opened that. And I was actually thinking before, uh, before the pandemic, we had uh, another office a little, little farther downtown. And for a brief moment in time, I had an office. Some people don't know. I had, when we were in our old place, I had an office 
It was a nice office, nice, nice, decent amount of room. Um, you know, and if, if nothing was going on, which was rare, had the TV on while doing work, which is when I'm most productive, when there's a television on and I'm doing work. Um, we moved, and for a brief period of time, I inherited someone else's office. That lasted like all of two weeks until we moved out of that place, and then I ultimately had no office. I had like a, a desk in a corner in which I can't really work off of because I have too much paperwork and I just can't make any room on my desk. Anyway, I was going to put in, I was going to give my Alexa a second chance, a, a second life, a chance at a new start, a new beginning, my office. Just imagine now, because, you know, it's not like it's, it's not like I have an office now. Just imagine my desk in the corner if I'm not here and someone decides to randomly start up Alexa on like a game night at 9 o'clock at night. For example, if Tanner's running volleyball at 9 o'clock at night and all of a sudden you start hearing Alexa randomly laughing in the office, what would you do? I'd probably quit. See? I don't need a ghost. I already got all. I already have so much on my plate. I think the ghost would put me would put me over the edge. I don't need people quitting on me because of a, of a random laughing Alexa. I don't. I don't need people creeped out to leave. So that's why I was gonna give Alexa a second chance in my office. I don't have an office, and so Alexa gets no second chance. Maybe you just need an exorcist. Um. I think in, in uh, electronics terms, an exorcist is basically taking it down to the recycling bin and leaving it. Um, I don't think you can exercise the demons out of electronics anymore. They've made them so smart nowadays that you can't, you can't dumb them down anymore except for ruining its battery life and then they ultimately die. That's, that's the only way you, you get out of that. Uh, let's go to the Zephyr Insurance text line, which is at 808-296-1420. Uh, texture from the 722. Shout out to Vinny Passes for coaching quarterbacks coming out of Hawaii and starting in D1 programs and in the NFL. We haven't had, and, and knock on wood, between now and Sunday, that Tua Tonga Vailoa and Marcus Mariota don't get hurt. We haven't had two starting quarterbacks from Hawaii in week one in the National Football League. And we're going to get that this weekend. Tua and Marcus. Tua in Miami. Uh, Marcus in Atlanta. Um, both of those quarterbacks are on very interesting timetables. I mean, we've talked about Tua so much. I'm I'm not going to spend a whole segment on Tua Tonga-Vailoa because we know what pressure's on Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Uh, we don't need to, to, to fulfill the Tua-nons. We don't need to... We already know. Uh, by the way, I have um, my my week one in our uh, ESPN Honolulu Pigskin picks. Patriots, Dolphins. I picked New England. Um, don't, don't look at me funny. You, you Bill has me. never beaten Tua. With Tua a small has, sample size. Yeah, Come but with on, worse that's a team. small sample size. But with size. worse team. <sighs> That's all I got to say. That is, that is such a small sample Just size. Just a hater. We get it. What is that? You can Four hate, names? You can hate all you want, Josh. It's fine. I I don't hate Tua. I love Tua. Tua's, Tua's everything you'd like to see out of, a, out of a young man coming out of Hawaii, representing this place really well. 
um, and being a great ambassador for the sport. The only thing I didn't like was when he got mad that people found out he was married. That's the only thing I didn't like. Other than that, two is great. I'm rooting for him. I want him to be better um, than what people project him to be. I want him to last as a starting quarterback. I do. Um, I'm worried about injuries. I'm worried about poor play. I think he'll be okay, but I'm worried about it. But I'm not a hater just because I'm picking New England in week one because I believe coaching will outdo talent in week one of the NFL season. That's all. The great coaching. offensive minds of Matt Patricia. And I'm Joe talking Judge. about defensive coaching, not offensive coaching. <laughs> well, we don't even know who's going to call the plays for New England offensively in week one. It won't matter when you hold the Dolphins down to 13 points and you win like a, a, a 17 to 13 game where no offense looks great. No offense um, stands out in week one because, I, you know, it's week one. I know this isn't wasn't supposed to be a Patriots-Dolphins like conversation. It was not. Definitely but who not. is locking down Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and Mike Gusecki? Yeah, I, I don't have an answer to that. Um, but I, I, I think you can, and even past that, who's putting pressure on Tua, you know, like, I'm, I'm not even saying like, Oh, this is how great the offensive line is. Right. Can you name me a single Patriots defensive lineman off the offhand? Because I didn't prep for that. Uh, I wasn't planning to talk about Patriots dolphins week one. Uh, oh, this is, that's all moment. I'm saying. All I'm saying is I still, I just don't think that's happening, okay. but that's okay. my that's my quick break in. Well, I will say I didn't put that in my uh, my 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 suicide pick'em for this week. Uh, my my suicide pick'em is uh, Baltimore over the New York Jets. Although, although, oh, well, it's only one. You only pick one. Um, although there is the intrigue of what happens with Lamar Jackson. We know it's going to be Joe Flacco starting for the New York Jets. Oh, rest his soul, Joe Flacco. Um, man, the Jets finally have an elite quarterback. Oh, and when we say elite quarterback, we're going in the past elite. We're not present elite. We're past elite, which is perfect for the New York Jets because, uh, that's the only elite they've been able to find is elite in the past. Um, but Lamar Jackson today put a deadline for contract negotiations. He's putting it up at Friday. And at that point, you then have to figure out if he's going to play. Um, but it, it, it seems to be kind of that question mark. I think he will, but um, I think it also depends, you know, how how much is he asking for? How much is how much of how much of this is going to affect him? It is such an interesting dynamic because if Lamar Jackson wants a lot of money, I would Honestly, if I were the Ravens, why am I hesitating? Why am I hesitating to give Lamar Jackson what he wants? He's one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League, all around, improved passer. Um, I think he is an MVP caliber quarterback. Why, as a franchise, are you messing around? Why are you leaving something like this to linger to where your quarterback has to still speak publicly about it before a week one game. Why are you doing it? 
You are nothing without Lamar Jackson. Absolutely nothing. So what? Do you think that by not giving him what he wants, what are you motivating him? What are you thinking? That you're going to win with... I, I don't know what you're thinking. It It's kind of like um, what the Yankees have done to Aaron Judge, where Aaron Judge had to get paid just a little bit more because it, it, it had to go to arbitration. But Aaron Judge is still paid far less than what he is worth. Um, Aaron Judge is going to be, I believe, the MVP of the American League. I know Shohei Otani's been good in both on the mound and and uh, uh, and at the plate, but the Angels are awful. And I have a hard time giving an MVP award to the best player on an awful team. That's like saying Shohei Otani is the MVP of the league because if not for him, the Angels would probably only have 30 wins. That's kind of like what that says. And you can't really qualify or quantify a team in Major League Baseball having just 30 wins. That's impossible. So how you can, you know, give him votes, but how you can uh, give the American League MVP to a to an all-time great on, an, on one of the worst teams Major League Baseball has ever compiled in the last decade as compared to a guy who is right now single-handedly putting the Yankees on his shoulders in a team that is collapsing and crumbling in the AL East is remarkably funny. So, I mean, if, and, and if you think Aaron Judge is going to want to stay after the Yankees have been lowballing him, then, you know, good luck. You've got an MVP quarterback in your grasp and you don't want to give him what he believes he's worth because, I don't know, you think you know better about what he's worth? You? That's silly. Great time for a promo. Ravens-Jets. Football Sunday here on ESPN Honolulu. Coverage begins at 6. I know you're all waiting for where we were going with that. We have that game. Joe Flacco versus Lamar Jackson. Hey, Joe Flacco's game versus his former team. Why not? Uh, reminder, if you're looking for a place to watch Hawaii and Michigan coming up on uh, Saturday, check us out. Uh, Arnold Martinez and I, the countdown to kickoff crew, will be taking our show to Big City Diner in Waipio. And what do we have going on at Big City Diner in Waipio? Um, we have prizes. We've got the countdown to kickoff show that we're going to be doing down there. And then uh, don't forget, we have uh, all the food, all the drinks, Everything you need uh, to make your Saturday football game day great. And speaking of drinks, Mega Modelo's 25-ounce Modelo Especial, just 7 bucks. A uh, big thank you to Paradise Beverages, Modelo Especial, Diotani Produce, and Coca-Cola. All right, final thoughts. I see the text messages. Uh, we'll close out the program. Coming up next, you're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, 
thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Thursday is going to be fun. You want to know why Thursday is going to be fun? We're going to be doing a radio show while real football is happening. And I, I realize, don't nitpick. Preseason football is real, too. They're playing. I get it. But, I mean, the stuff that counts, the regular season games that count, uh, Bills Rams tomorrow on our sister station, CBS 1500. By the way, we're on air an hour earlier tomorrow. We've got Scoring Live High School Sports Weekly here on ESPN. Honolulu, so we'll be on air at uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, we'll take you through the game from 3 to 6, uh, which leads to a good text from our uh, from our friend at 798. For a good start to my pick'em league, Bills versus Rams, who you got? Cautionary tale here. Um, the last person you should be asking for a good start to your pick'em league is this guy. Um, the guy that has never won in those suicide leagues. I've gotten close. A guy, actually, no, I, no, 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 I didn't. I, I haven't won. I've gotten, I've gotten close. A guy that has never won in fantasy football. You're asking me for a good start to your pick'em league, man. You you need some 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 better people to turn to. Uh, that being said, I'm going Rams over the bed. <laughs> Tanner's face just puts his head in his hands. Is like, oh no, we're going off to a bad start here. Um, I'm going I'm going Rams over Bills. Why Rams defense? I think is still solid. Von Miller, by the way, welcome back to L.A. Not like you were there for long. Uh, Rams defense is solid. Uh, I also predict um, there will be no helmets in hands being swung at people. Um, I don't believe. I'm willing to make that Aaron Donald prediction. Uh, But it'll be Rams over Bills 27-25 tomorrow. Why am I so off to the point that you gave me the most sour look like you were eating sour cream sour cream and uh, and onion potato chips, which you hate? It's, it's not that you were wrong because I made a note on the notepad to us that, you know, we probably got two of the worst guessers here. Uh, I'm consistent yeah. in how wrong I am. And in the decision I made off air, I also chose the Rams. Ah, okay. So maybe that's destiny for the texter to pick the bills. So, so it's kind of like saying, "Hey, two wrongs, uh, two wrongs, some two wrongs make a right, make a right." So, if if that's how you want to play, sure. Because um, I'm going with the Rams personally, but with that, and you also picking the Rams, yeah, that surely makes me feel like maybe the Bills are going to win now that we. Well, put that no, out. I mean, I I still believe the Rams are my wild card this year. Uh, they're a team that will either be. Um, you know, NFC championship caliber again, or we'll find itself in like a six to seven win year. Uh, Matthew Stafford's going to determine a lot of that. I, I really do believe that th- this season really does lie on Matthew Stafford's arm, specifically his elbow. And if he can't stay healthy, if that elbow affects him greatly, it's going to be a problem uh, for the Rams this year. No no doubt about that. They They made that investment in him. And uh, and and they need it to work. By the way, uh, texture from the four nine seven. Uh, reading into our top story, which we talked about at the top of the show today, it is uh, Yellen starting for Hawaii against Michigan. Braden Shager hurt, uh, but available. Uh, but maybe the bigger story here: Cam and Cooper not available. Uh, they don't say why, but he's not available. And uh, we'll we'll see uh, potentially Jake Farrell 
as uh, as one of the backups. Uh, we'll talk more about this tomorrow as uh, certainly this is going to be a uh, a, a very uh, a very interesting week. I think we'll be uh, as we continue to dissect this game. It's hard to dissect because uh, again the spread is so high, but I am surprised the line didn't move after after that news, which leads me to believe it was already known. Most likely. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, coming up next, it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons.